0: This is the nitty gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling and we also have another series of YouTube videos called stupid questions. The third volume of that just dropped today as we record this. So please check those out and let us know. Uh, This week for our full length shows, we are going to be doing another rebook. And one was suggested by Leonard. It is Slamberry, 1993, a Legends Reunion. And we will be rebooking that, albeit with uh, a caveat, which we will get to when the time comes here. But let's just go over a little bit of background on the event itself. It was held at the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia on May 23rd, 1993. Uh, the attendance is listed as 7,008, it had a tagline, one moment, one ring, one mega event. Basically, this event featured, uh, you know, obviously, at the time, current feuds and storylines, but it also had, you know, legends being honored, and a lot of them were there. At the event, you would have Blue Thed, Mr. Wrestling 2, Vern Ganya. Um, now, I think Mike Graham was there to accept on Eddie Graham's behalf. Uh, but uh, you also had Oli Anderson, the, the Assassin, Oxfaker, Red Bastion, Lord James, Blairs, Crusher, the Fabulous Moolah, Greg Gagne, Bob Geigel, Stu Hart, Magnum TA, Buggsy Braw, Don Owen, Dusty Rhodes, Grizzly Smith, Don Totals, Mad Dog with Sean, Valentine. And uh, so that occurred. As far as the regular card goes, you had the opening match to Cole Scorpio and Marcus Bagwell against Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit. You had Sid Vicious with Robert Parker against Van Hammer. You had a six-man tag between Dick Murdoch, Don Morocco, and Jimmy Suka versus Wahoo McDaniel, Blackjack, Hogan, and Jim Bronzell. You had Thunderbolt Patterson and Brad Armstrong against Ivan Koloff and Baron Von Raschke. You had Dory Funk. Junior with Gene Kaniski, Nick Bachwinkle with Vern Gagne, Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff against Dustin Rhodes and Ken Suke Sasaki, you had Sting against The Prisoner, The Hollywood Blondes against Dos Hombres, and you had Barry Windham against Art Anderson, and finally Davey Boy Smith against Big Van Vader. and. I'll just say that this is the first time I watched this event the whole way through. Certainly, I was aware of it, but I never watched the event the whole way through. Um, as far like for all the issues that they had and all the card changes they had, you know, overall I thought that it was a a fine little card that honored legend and also tried to incorporate current storylines. Um, you had you know, the Dos Embrace tag team, which was supposed to be Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat. It was actually Tom Zink and Ricky Steamboat, uh, but the commentator pretended that it was Shane Douglas. Um, you had a, no- a number of other changes, but uh, overall, I thought this card was fine. Our rebook should be a lot of fun. Um, and let, I'll let you give your thoughts here on the card and then talk about our caveat.
1: Yeah, I... Um wound up randomly watching this on the network just because i was kind of cruising through wcw pay-per-views and happened upon it and i think i remember it happening at the time but but i don't you know i didn't watch it i don't ever think so yeah th- this gets a lot of crap for several reasons one is uh production values there were a lot of production gaps early on eric bischoff and missy hyatt are previewing the show on a stage and the power goes out on yeah so then they cut to a wide shot to the legends leaving the ring from the opening ceremony and they're all very slow getting out of the ring. Right. Um, the legends matches, um, to a modern audience, even at that time, probably would have came off as a little old fashioned and, and slow. Right. And the important thing to, to note here is that a lot of these guys, like Jimmy Snuka for example, were still actively working right. at this time in 1993. Or someone like Nick Bockwinkle, who had just recently retired, you know, upon the folding of the AWA type of thing. So for those guys to still be be working, they had it, but they weren't at their peaks, and and you could tell. And um, there's some other minor things. You mentioned the the Shane Douglas getting replaced by Tom Zink because he wasn't there. Uh, But also, uh, Sting was supposed to fight Scott Norton, and he got replaced by the prisoner, who's our old friend Nails. Right. Still doing the Escape Convict gimmick, but... Formerly Mr. Magnificent
0: Kevin Kelly in AWS. Yes.
1: Um, So, you know, there were problems here and there with the show. I agree with you. I found it to to be fun uh, in spots, but it got a lot of crap at the time. And, of course, the wrinkle that I decided to throw in uh, uh, should make this a lot of fun and really delve this into fantasy booking because most of the time when we do these rebooks... We try to think logically, like who would have been available, how would they have been booked, etc. Uh, but here we decided to go, go real fantasy, and we've said that you can use anybody who's in the building that night, and you get them in their prime. So, for example, if we're talking Luthez, it's not 1993 Luthez, but you get him the height of his career as the NWA World Heavyweight Champion from the 40s and 50s. So, again, something that would would not happen, uh, but if we are going to rebook this card, I thought that was sort of the funnest thing to to do with it was to take these guys and to magically de-age them.
0: Yeah, no, it should be fun. And, you know, before we get there, um, I'll just say that this event was held from 93 to 2000, uh, as long as they could have. And uh, so, like, this is one of the few wcw titles that were not used by wwf at least i don't think so in any way no so i can't why, remember. I, I think that this should have been used like this is a good roll off the tongue pay-per-view title now mm-hmm. i know why vince probably didn't use it you know that's a whole nother like tangent but it
1: it sounds hokey and southern because it's slamboree for jamboree
0: right right i like it yeah <laughs> Anyway, uh let us move on to the main topic at hand here, and that is our rebooks. So we usually alternate our cards here and Leonard I will just say that with my dark match, I have eleven matches.
1: Oh, I have twelve, but no dark match.
0: Okay. So, so I then you should, should go go first. First. <laughs> well, yeah. So you know what? Um you go first with your first one, and then I'll go to my dark match.
1: Okay. So there were, first of all, like I would say there were using the stipulation of you can use these guys in their prime. There were a lot of guys I wound up not using. I got to 12 matches and could have booked more and said, okay, I'm going to call it here. So uh, my opener is for the WCW U.S. title, which was not booked on this card. Uh, the natural Dustin Rose, who was the champion at the time, defending against Chris wall. Uh, we talk about openers a lot here on the show, the importance of those, uh, how they should be faster paced in order to wake up the crowd and kind of get them into the show. And even using these legends in their prime, you don't have a lot of guys who kind of fit into that mold sort of what we both like to do with an opening match. So my idea here was one, I wanted to have the titles defended. Um, I got the TV title coming up later which wasn't defended on the show. And uh, to kind of open it with the idea of these are two future legends. Dustin Rhodes and Chris Benoit are legends of the future. You can uh, tie in how Benoit came from Canada and has some connections to the hearts and the heart dungeon. You know, Dustin, of course, is Dusty's son. And I couldn't find, I looked where Rhodes and Benoit had a match, which kind of surprises me since they were both there at this time. Um, I would say just give these guys 10 minutes, let them go, let them put on a nice match. Benoit here is too new to take the title, so I would have uh, Dustin retaining here.
0: Well, it certainly would have been a good match. Um, yeah. I did not use Chris Benoit, but uh, I did use Dustin later on in a different capacity. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this this would have been a good match, certainly a good opener too, uh, with the styles like are slightly different. Like, you know, Benoit had more of a, you know, a mm-hmm. Japanese, you know, uh, kind of approach to, to the game, whereas uh, Dustin was, you know, I, I feel like more straightforward. Um, so it would have been interesting to see these guys, uh, you know, get in there and see what they could do together, um, especially Benoit being short and Dustin being very tall
1: and lanky. So it would have been interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, think they, they're those they both guys that adapt to other styles well, I think, even at this both young. So, yeah, I, I think it would have been decent. My, I, Again, my idea was just who do I got that could go? And those both both of those came to mind. Right. Well,
0: my dark match has a stipulation. All right. So it is the person that is almost in all of my dark matches. We have Bobby Eaton versus Paul Roma with a horseman spot on the line.
1: So See now it should be mentioned that we didn't mention this. There was a segment Flare for the Gold where they reintroduce the Horseman, and Paul Roma gets the coveted fourth slot.
0: Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, I guess met with some controversy, as you might have seen on one of the WWE DVD releases. I forget which one. It might have been just the Four Horsemen one, actually. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I thought that it would have been interesting to see Bobby Eaton and Paul Roma fight for a Horseman spot. I think that that would have been a fun, like, certainly I think the match would have been decent enough. And yeah. like the idea of Bobby Eaton having a horseman spot to me, maybe makes more sense than we give it, than we give it credit for. <laughs> That's, I think that, I think that it could have worked. What do you think?
1: Bobby Eaton? Yeah. Suit? Yeah, de- definitely. I know that one, at one point, I know Jim Cornette has talked about this on his podcast. They talk about reforming the horseman with the midnight express. I think it would be ah. Claire Arm. on, and and um, when when Telly didn't come back, I think it was going to be Flair, Arn, them, if I remember right, yeah. and I could be remembering correctly. But at one point, they were going to use the in me Eaton. Of course, is in a dangerous alliance. Um, definitely would have fit. You know, uh, a tag team of Arn and Eaton would have been good for, you, for your Heyman tag. Was Paul
0: at this time still?
1: Um, Hayman was. I do He wasn't was, on this
0: show. I think. I think he might have been fired by Bill Watts as we. Talked about in a previous show. Uh, yes, yes. So. I don't think I
1: don't think he had. Um, was he affiliated with ECW at this time? He I think they been,
0: just Bill Watts was gone by this time. So
1: I yeah, the, the ECW came into existence as Eastern Championship Wrestling. I think right oh. around three. Yeah. I'd have to look. Uh, Heyman, of course, didn't take it over and it became Extreme until later on. But I don't think Heyman was was around this time. But I think that's a really cool match, especially. I don't know if they were doing it this time, but um, they used to have the main event on Sundays on TBS. And sometimes they would that would act as a pre-show to the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and so if they'd had that, that would be a great, I think, preview That's match. True. Because then you could do something with whoever wins the horseman slot on the show. Like they're going to walk out with whoever That's
0: true, wins. yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So your next match.
1: So my next match is uh, a tag team match is my salute to the AWA. Vern and Greg Gagne uh, versus the Crusher and Baron Von Raschke. Oh, you used Greg. I did. I did. See, here's my thing. This is the only time I think we've done a rebook where I've actually considered where we were at. We're at the Omni in Georgia. They did not get AWA down there. They do not know the AWA in that part of the world so but i thought i wanted to do some sort of awa tribute match Put that, that very early uh crusher and the baron were former awa tag team champions uh vern of course ran the company greg being his son um so i would let this be kind of a traditional tag style match and have the heels work over greg make the hot tag to to vern and have vern win you're not going to have Vern and greg lose even though they might concede to crusher and baron so this was just me wanting to get awa guys on the show in a certain contained way so that's why i went with that and yes i used i used greg Gagne.
0: i well i certainly uh like the idea of doing something for the awa uh, i have something later on in my card but uh but yeah i think this was a fun match we both have similar i think ideas this as to how to use some of these guys, but uh, different maybe ways of getting there. Um, But uh, yeah, that would have been a a fun match for sure. Um, My official first match is the Battle of the Stashes, Leonard. It's Rick Rude versus Magnum TA. So, like, I thought that this just made so much sense. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. What a feud these two guys would have had. I mean, Magnum TA, when he was in his prime, being like the ultimate babyface, Rick Rude being a constant heel. And I think just the feud going back and forth, you know, have Rude put, uh, you know, Magnum TA's family on his tights or something like, you know, it, it writes itself. It really does. And I mean, these guys were too, you know, even though this was the early 90s, like they were still classic looks for the 80s with their you know the mullet and the mustache so i think that these guys also could have put on a really good match
1: so so i have this exact match on my card and i also called it the battle of the mustaches
0: wow see great minds leonard
1: yes it's much higher on my card uh much higher on my card but you know i think it's just a shame that magnum's career ended the way it did oh yeah And, you know, one of the greatest what ifs in wrestling is really what would have happened if he hadn't gotten injured in that car wreck. I think he would still have been wrestling actively at this point. And we might have seen this feud for real in WCW, Magnum T.A. versus Rick Rude. Um, And I can see the crowd just being absolutely crazy for this. Uh, And I could see this having a great storyline, like you mentioned, with, you know, Rude putting Magnum's family on his tights or doing something. I think the promos would have been good. I would have rude win here by cheating to set up a greater blow off later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something of that nature. So I would have done that. So I have that much higher on my card. I'll just mention it when we get to that spot. Oh, by the way, I would have had Bobby Eaton win for the. Oh, okay. Oh, Bobby Eaton joins the horseman. Yes. Yes. I figured that. As much as you love Paul Roma, (laughs) I think you've got to have.
0: Paul Roma's better on his own. He doesn't need the horseman. Right. Right.
1: Right. Right. He he could become a lone horseman. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That should have happened.
1: Yes. So, my third match is uh, still the Sid Vicious squash uh, with Rob Parker, but I'm going to have him go over Wahoo McDaniel. (laughs) He's going to squash Wahoo McDaniel? He's going to squash Wahoo McDaniel. Here's the thing. If you watch the show, Sid is supposed to be a heel, and he gets a face pop.
0: That that happened to him all the time, though. Yeah. It's very puzzling in retrospect because of how much he was in and out of these companies, but, man... He just had a look where when he came down to the ring, people just cheered him.
1: Yeah. So, but I think part of the problem here was that he was against Van Hammer, who nobody cared about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my idea was, if he's supposed to be a heel, who can I put him against that the crowd will care about? And Wahoo, I thought about Thunderbolt Patterson, but but Patterson is, is bigger than Wahoo. And I also think Patterson wouldn't job in a squash to sit. I, I think right. when I know Thunderbolt Patterson, he's going to not like that. Wahoo, I think, on the other hand, would, would, would uh, get that understanding, the, why that would work. Um, I think he would get a great face pop. Uh, again, known to the area. We're in Atlanta. Uh, so I I would I, I would maybe let this go a little longer than it did. I would let Wahoo get low offense in, but still no more than a couple of minutes just to get Sid over Bay's back and hopefully get him over as, as a heel uh too, or at least that face pop won't be as uh strong as it was against someone like Wahoo as compared to Van Hammer.
0: Right. Well, I think that would be this would be an interesting match to see, especially with Wahoo and his prime getting squashed by Sid. I use these two guys in different capacities. All right. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, a Sid Vicious squash, I think, you know, there's there's not too much to do, more to do with him. Like I had a different type of match. We'll get there. But, uh, but yeah, uh, poor Wahoo. Legends reunion and he's getting squashed. <laughs> so, but um, all right. So my second official match is the Hollywood Blondes versus the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. It is a two out of three falls match.
1: Is it, is it heel versus heel or are they both working yes, heel?
0: Absolutely. Oh, right. Heel versus heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, this is one of those tag team matches I would have loved to have seen. Um, only being the, you know, eternal grump that he is, you know, it wasn't really the tag team thing wasn't really happening at this point. Arn Anderson was on the card as a single. So, I think these guys in their prime and the blondes who were, I would say, at that point in their prime, um, I think that this would be just a great match, you know, just a great wrestling match. I think the crowd would be into it, despite the fact that it's two heel teams. Um, mm-hmm. These guys would be able to, I think the blondes playing the, you know, chicken shit heels would have worked best here. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, this is a match I would have wanted to see, which I tried to balance that throughout my card here matches that I want to see versus matches that make sense so
1: yeah yeah I you know, I, I use both those teams I didn't use them together because I didn't think about it because they're both heels right. but I think if you consider the varsity blondes working as chicken shit heels and the fact that the horsemen are cool and people thought the horsemen were cool naturally I think you probably would have saw a gravitation you mean the, the cra- Hollywood blondes yes oh I said varsity blondes didn't I you
0: are not watch too much AEW
1: Yes, wait too. I've been binging it. Um, yes, yeah, the Hollywood Blondes um, versus the Minnesota working crew. I think the, the crowd would have eventually leaned toward the the crew. Yeah, but, but that would have been a fantastic match, especially making it two out, three falls, because both those teams are really good at working longer matches and telling a story across a longer time period. So I, I, that's a fantastic match, um, and I wish I would have thought of it. So my next bout on the card is for the WCW television title. Uh, Paul Orndorff was the champion at the time, and he is going to defend against Mr. Wrestling number two. Oh, wow. Um, So I would have Orndorff hit the ring and be upset that he wasn't booked on the card. He should be booked. I should defend my title. I demand an opponent right now, et cetera, et cetera. And he gets Mr. Wrestling number two. Out of the time machine. Out of the time machine. And, the, and I looked at all the different names. Who was I going to give to Orndorff? And again, we're in the omni. Mr. Wrestling Number 2 was over huge in Atlanta and Florida uh, during the period yeah. that, that he was wrestling. So I think Mr. Wrestling Number 2 with this crowd would get a, a hella pop. Um, you have a, a power guy versus a grappler. Um, you're not going to put the belt on Mr. Wrestling Number 2 because I still am of the mind... That even we're using these guys in their prime, they are not maybe regular to WCW, right? So I would have Orndorff, uh win by cheating, um, and uh, and and retain the belt, but uh, even and then maybe Mr. Wrestling Number Two runs him off or something a- afterward. But right, uh, yeah. If you if you don't know Mr. Wrestling no- no- Number Two, um, you know, look up look up some stuff. He was absolutely huge in this area, uh, from I think from the late '70s up through the late '80s. So.
0: You know, I, I wanted to use Paul Orndorff. I just couldn't find a spot for him. And I actually tried to use Mr. Wrestling 2. I tried to use as many of the legends as I could. But I actually had something lined up and then changed it when I had, like, more of a storyline that made sense, which I'll get to.
1: Okay. Now.
0: So I didn't actually use Mr. Wrestling 2. I guess I could use him in a special guest ref capacity, but I'll get there. Um, but, yeah, I think that would have been a cool match to see. And, yeah, you kind of can't have... When it's a legend versus a current guy, you kind of can't have the legend win unless it's not for the title, you know. But uh, I, yeah, I think that, that would have been a good match to see uh, because Paul Orndorff at this time I think was still in fairly good shape.
1: Yes, the 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 arm atrophy I think started right around this period, but he yeah. was still very very much good to go in 93. 93. I, I think the real issues didn't really start with until I think ninety five. Yeah, so.
0: My next match probably could be the main event on Fever Dreams, but uh, it is Ric Flair versus Stu Hart. Oh wow, that's
1: not how I went with Rick. But talk to me.
0: Yeah, so because Rick at this point was technically on under the no compete, he would return officially at the next pay per view. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to figure out a way to use him that would make sense. And I was like, well, you know, I got to have him with a a legend in some way. So, I, you know, I didn't want to have him in my title picture because Mm -hmm. I didn't I I had another plan for that. So I think this would be just an all time classic. I mean, you can see in your head Ric Flair reacting to Stu Hart's submission holds. (laughs) Yes, you can. You can see it in your head. And I think that even though Stu is an old school wrestler, I think that these two guys would be perfect in the ring together. I really do. I think Rick would bump for him like, you know, there's no tomorrow. And I, I just, I think it would be great. Um, I would probably have Rick lose just because it's Stu. Yeah. And Stu is uh, one of our fever dream favorites. So, All right. uh, he Yeah.
1: Was, he was briefly the intergalactic world champion, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Like for one show. Stu <laughs> Hart, you know, and now that you mentioned that, I can, I can picture Flair on the map like tied to a pretzel like shaking his head screaming no no oh god no over the pain um i i yeah because i think Flair's a guy that would love to be in the ring with with Stu hart and would sell for him and bump for him and would put him over i don't think he'd have a problem with that i think it's a really cool idea for a match i didn't use Stu hart I just didn't – there was so many – Bobby Eaton I didn't use either. And I tried to use Eaton up to the last moment because I love Bobby Eaton. Well,
0: because there's so uh, much talent on this show. Yeah. Like, they're kind of – some of them have to fall by the wayside.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's a really great idea. Um, you know, I, I I use Rick later, and we'll get to that. Uh, my next match is Lou Thez versus Harley Race. And I actually thought about doing Thez versus Flair. but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. But I came up with an idea for later on, that I wanted to use Flare with. I looked and I actually found silent eight millimeter footage of race versus beds from 1973 in Chattanooga, oh. Tennessee.
0: Oh, wow. I got to look that up
1: then. This would have been, I, I don't remember, it's not the whole match. I forget how long it is. This would have been the very tail end of Fez's career and right around the time that Race won the NWA title for the first time. Mm-hmm. So these two guys in their prime on a major stage would probably be a hell of an old school, mat based contest. I really wanted to use Lou Fez, and there was only a handful of guys that I thought would match up well with Fez, with Fez, Race being one of them. Right. So, um, you know, on the – and I was trying to think, well, who, who would go over here? And, and here's the – back in the day, this would have been like a 60-minute Broadway between, oh, yeah. between these two guys. Um, so I, I think Race would put Fez over. I, th- I think I think he, he probably would do that uh, because he's from a generation that would respect the generation before a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, like he wouldn't put over someone of his generation or, or, or one after, but he would put Lou Fez over. So I think it probably makes the, the, the most sense for, uh, Fez to, to win here since he's, even though we're using everyone in their prime, he's technically the, the oldest legend going the furthest back legend, I should say that on, on the show.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, well, this would, yeah, this would be a classic and I'll definitely have to look up that footage that you mentioned, uh. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense for thez to win. I mean, he's, you know, viewed as, you know, one of the best ever. And uh, I, I don't think race would have a problem doing it. And I, but I think they would have a good match. You know, it's kind of a, you know, a combination of different styles thez being very, very old school. Um, and race being more of like a, a tough man type guy. So uh, I think it would be fun to watch for sure. Um, so my number four match, is one of my main attractions, Leonard, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this. So um, I'll preface it with, I was going to approach using some of these legends like you. And mm-hmm. I'm actually glad that I didn't now because I see that you're doing it because I was going to use, I was going to have like Thez versus Vern Gagne, which is a match that took place. I think somebody in one of the groups on Facebook posted a ticket stub, um, of that actual match taking place way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I I thought about doing that here. And then I was like, and then I just, I thought about something different and I didn't want to use all the legends in one-on-one matches because I, I was like, you know what, this is a rebook. Why not have fun? Right, Leonard? Yes,
1: exactly. It's why we're doing it with having these guys in their prime.
0: So we are going to have a legends war games match.
1: Oh, I never thought of that. Never.
0: it, It is going to be team AWA versus Team N.W.A. And now, obviously, some of these guys worked for both companies. I tried to stick to people that were more stalwarts of these separate companies. So, Team A.W.A. is Vern Gagne, Nick Bockwinkle, Larry Zbysko, The Crusher, and Gene (laughs) Kaniski, versus Team N.W.A. of Harley Race, Wahoo McDaniel, Lufez, Johnny Valentine, and Dory Funk Jr. (laughs) So, Go ahead. You have. Oh comments.
1: no! I, say, I probably would have used the Baron for the AWA team over Gene Kaninsky. Other other than that, that yeah, I'm trying to wrap my mind around seeing these guys in and a you can have
0: Mr. Wrestling too as the special guest referee. Yeah, there you go. I think that works. With all these guys. So yeah, definitely w- have Team NWA go over here. Okay, uh, because it is the Omni. So. Mm-hmm. You know, having, you know, unless you're having a long drawn out invasion from the AWA or something, you'd want to have NWA go over here. Um, But yeah, this is what, like, this is, initially I was just going to use various legends against various legends in a war games. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, oh man, what if I could just, I could do separate companies and, you know, that would make sense to me. It would, it it would be a lot of fun and it would be interesting to see these guys in this environment (laughs) yeah King luth in a war games match um against you know johnny valentine is just it's it's tough to wrap your head around that but you know i think it could be i think it could trump the
1: first war games as as the best one what do you think uh you know because those guys would still work a match like they wouldn't do all cage shots and cage stuff they would work a match inside the steel cage because those guys, most of them, I don't know if Luthez was ever in a steel cage match. That would be something to look at. But all those other yeah. guys, of course, steel cage is one of the oldest you know, gimmicks there is. And um, I, I think it's great. I think people would absolutely love that. It's something I never would have thought of uh, to do. But it's genius, and, and, and I love it. Like I said, the only wrinkle would be I would probably use the Baron instead because he feels more AWA to me. Yeah, there you go. But other than that, that's great stuff. So my next match is the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, of and Arn Anderson, I'm using them, against Dory Funk Jr. and Gene Koninsky. I wish that Terry Funk was on the show uh, so I could get the Funk brothers together, but he, he was not. So I like putting Dory and Koninsky together because they were NWA World Heavyweight Champions back-to-back. Uh, Dory won it from Gene. So I think you could kind of tell a story there of like these two rivals, who are teaming up? Who are maybe putting their old uh, problems aside to go against the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, the greater evil of the Andersons, as it were. Here, so this is definitely, I think, where you would get both these teams would pick a guy, pick a body part, and work it over, and and uh, just just it would probably be slow and methodical, but for fans of classic mat wrestling. They would really, really like it. To me, it doesn't matter who wins, but uh, as you said earlier, since it wasn't since this isn't for a belt, then you could put the legends over. And I think uh Dory and Gene probably maybe make more sense going over as they were the two bigger individual stars, um, than than the Andersons collectively, as it were. So um, yeah, I, I think this is just a, a good map-based encounter. No. Yeah. This would be, that That would be great.
0: Um, you know, I feel like that combination of guys, you can't have a bad match. And uh, I, yeah, it's something I would have loved to have seen. I think it's interesting that we both use Minnesota wrecking crew though. Um, it almost seems like a natural. Yeah. Game, you know, to use them. All right. So my number five match, we have Sid vicious with Colonel Robert Parker. He's coming to the ring and he's talking about how he's the ruler of the world. He's the, Craziest person there. He can beat anybody. Who's just as crazy, if not more so, than Sid Vicious? Mad Dog Vachon.
1: <laughs> I was thinking yeah. I was thinking him or Buzz, Buzz Sawyer, who's on the show, too, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have – No, Dog Bugsy Vichon.
1: McGraw. Not Buzz Sawyer. Bugsy McGraw. He said oh, yeah. crazy. I thought Bugsy McGraw first. But Mad Dog Vashon's a good pick.
0: Yeah, so we have Mad Dog Vashon versus Sid Vicious. Probably not a technical classic. I don't know probably. that I'd make it a squash, but I probably would have Sid Vicious go over here just to, I think, because I think the idea of like uh, a current, you know, star humbling a legend can be used well if it's not overused or if it's not used in a really bad way, you know, to kind of undermine what the legend has accomplished. But being that this is Mad Dog in his prime, I think that. It, this could go over well. And I think it would be shocking to see somebody like Sid Vicious powerbomb Mad Dog Rashawn. So. Right.
1: I I, I think I don't think Sid would be ready for him. I think that yeah. Mad Dog would probably control early, just go crazy. They're outside the ring. He's probably knocking over Parker. And then I think Sid would just use his power, take over, hit the powerbomb. And, yeah, it would be crazy and it would look awesome. Absolutely. All right. So I believe this is uh, my seventh match. And it is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Superfly Jimmy Snuka. So apparently this match happened in Japan in 1981. Uh, That's a great matchup at that time. So that's probably what we would get here. Uh, Both these guys were high flyers for the period uh, in tremendous shape. After the old school style bouts, I wanted something that was a little more high paced and high flying. Uh, And this would be a good change of pace match here. I think, in this position. Uh, this could really be your sleeper match of the night, and I would have Steamboat win. Seems like I'm mostly putting faces over, because uh, I imagine Snuka working as a heel here. Uh, but, but again, if Steamboat is of the company and Snuka is just coming in for the night, I, I would probably put Steamboat over here. Uh, yeah, I mean, this
0: would be a great match, and if, I, if that match happened in Japan, I would love to look it up just to see what it looked like. Um, because young Ricky Steamboat, like obviously Ricky Steamboat with Flair, and you know during this era gets a lot of attention because those matches are readily available. But young Steamboat was really great as well, especially like when he was teaming with um, Jay Youngblood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, like he like he was he was really great, you know, for his entire career. So yeah, this would be an excellent match, and I think Ricky Steamboat would be able to. Get a really good match
1: from Snooka. So now, forgive me, but I just thought of this. The worst possible match either one of us could probably book on any of these shows would be Jimmy Snooker versus Chris Benoit.
0: Yeah, that is the yeah, I can't think of anything worse than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and it could have happened. It, they were both in the building on this night, so That's true. That's you know.
0: true. Well, my next match is dustin rhodes versus dusty rhodes in a bull rope match
1: oh that's good stuff right there
0: so i don't think these i don't think they ever faced each other as far as i know i don't think so and i you know i I tried to look that up and i couldn't find it and i think that it would have been really great to see that in this era and i think you could either have it either way as far as dustin being the heel or dusty being the heel Uh, i think it would have worked really well and especially with dusty in his prime and here's a trivia, or not a trivia question letter, but a question, a stupid question. If Dustin Rhodes is being used in his peak form here, what era of Dustin Rhodes are you
1: using? I, now, I was using the natural Dustin Rhodes thinking peak right. WCW. Right. But a lot of people would probably argue that peak Dustin Rhodes might be gold dust.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, seemingly, one
1: could argue, gets better with age. Um, yes, I mean, he's still putting on very good matches. Absolutely. I mean, I, I haven't seen – I saw him in Cody, of course. I didn't see some of the other stuff. But anytime I run across, anytime he seems to work a match in AEW, people just praise him. So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, But, yeah, I think that this would be a great match. The story writes itself, father versus son. Um, and in researching – some of dustin's stuff i did not realize that he used the american nightmare moniker first in wcw for a hiccup um which i did not realize i i think i remember that briefly yes so um but yeah i think this would be a great match i wanted to use dusty somehow this seemed like it made the most sense so
1: okay well i used dusty a little bit later on and dustin you know how i use and father and son might come up later on my show uh, but my next match is Magnum TA versus Rick Rude, which we talked about. Right. I, I just had it a lot higher because, to me, those are two bigger names. The matchup, as you said, is just such a natural matchup between those two guys. Um, I, to me, that was just a higher-profile matchup, and I wanted to have it higher on my card. So right. We talked about that. So on to yours. Absolutely. So this kind of starts the main
0: event portion of my show. Mm-hmm. Um, I made this, so basically at this point you had two belts. You had the NWA World Heavyweight Championship Mm -hmm. and the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I did a unification tournament here, mini tournament. Okay. And basically, I tried to keep it as as, so that it made sense for Mm -hmm. this pay-per-view. And so the first match I had was Barry Windham versus Ricky Steamboat. And you know, this is the, so this is the first match of the tournament and I would have Ricky Steamboat go over here and we'll get to who he faces when I go to my next match. But, uh, I think it makes sense to unify, like the way that WCW was doing their titles around this time, like the NWA was in and they were out like, like the changing of the names of the titles. Then it was the international heavy, like it was just, you know, wonky with a capital W Leonard. And, uh, I, I think that just unify them, make it be make sense again. So,
1: yeah, I, I might want for just a straight unification match if I was going to go that way other than a tournament. But Wyndham versus Steamboat certainly makes a lot of sense. I would have to look up. I'm pretty sure that they did work against each other during this time period. Uh, but yeah, I mean that would be a really good match. Uh, both these guys could work uh, different styles against different. people people of course barry was a bigger guy but had technical elements to him uh yeah great match without question especially if you can give him some time even on a bloated show which we both have so next up i have the nwa World heavyweight title i've got barry windham who's the champion at the time defending against his father black jack Mull- mulligan so i went a problem with this match um which you can't beat for an angle course and dustin is a great idea too i didn't think you know what a bull a texas bull rope match would have worked here too i think
0: oh yeah um, i thought about texas. A texas death match too yeah and, yeah and at texas. one point i was going to do um what was that uh that, not king of the road but uh bunkhouse uh oh, a, bunkhouse.
1: A, a bunkhouse match isn't that like a the one yeah, that's the like Oh, oh, that's the that was the King of the road match.
0: King of the Road match. Okay. so I Dusty
1: and Pete was like the battle royal in a cage,
0: yeah, so i was I was thinking about using Dusty and Dustin in the uh, in the King of the Road match. And then I was like, no, I can't do that. like they're they're worth more than that. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, definitely. I only ha- I, but, but yeah, I mean that would have worked here too, the Texas Bullbrook match, which I'm sorry I didn't think of. I guess because there wasn't a lot of gimmicks on the original show. And because right. these guys are who they are, I wasn't thinking gimmick, so I didn't really go. I didn't really go for gimmicks here. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, Blackjack and Barry had teamed. He's teamed with both his sons, including Kendall. Uh, I don't think Kendall was there. I should make Kendall special guest referee. But I don't think he was there. How old? Was uh, you? I, I don't. I don't believe they ever wrestled each other. Uh, so this would be, I think, kind of neat to see. Yeah. I think you could certainly work a storyline. Um. You know, something like uh, Blackjack, uh, you, you know, w- wanting a title shot because he's going to be there to show may maybe being protective about his dad. Uh, you know, dad, don't get in the ring with me. And he's like, I brought you in this world. I can take you out of it. Oh, wow. The and, classic line. Yes, yes. I think and Melvin would turn heel, I think, or start working a little more aggressively. You know,
0: well, we got to do a whole card where we uh, create our own father versus son uh, pay-per-view.
1: Yes. Yes. Or I think there should be, but, uh, one triple threat, which would be the rock versus Rocky Johnson versus Pierre Maivia. I think that has to be a triple threat. Yes. But, but anyway, I agree. I will not agree. I will admit, I will admit that I don't think this is going to be a technical classic between these two, but I think that Barry could certainly walk his dad through something that was really uh, good and passable even for the time period and yeah. um, would have a good story to it. So I just like the idea of putting these guys together. And I don't know. Well, I never thought about using Dusty versus Dustin because I had very clear ideas on how I want to use both of those guys from the start. Right. So I think because of that, I never thought about putting them together. But I did come up with a father and son angle. I like
0: I like this one too. I think, yeah, technical classic, maybe not. But I think it would be a good old-fashioned Southern wrestling match. And uh, yeah. it would be bloody probably too, knowing those two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would have loved to have seen something like that. Um, the second match in my tournament is big van vader versus sting so this is a feud that we've seen before um so we know that the guy these two have chemistry and can work a good match i would have sting go over here which would make the championship unification match obvious um we'll get to that i have one buffer match before that though but uh yes so i would have sting go over here i think that this would be a good match underdog sting going over big van vader you can have somebody
1: interfere if you wanted you know so yeah so my next bout uh oh i should mention that that is also uh, a good of course vader and and sting has happened tons of times but it's a good classic matchup um i actually thought about that and and went well no that's happened i don't want to do that but it's a good matchup anytime sting versus vader so especially since you're doing a tournament that makes sense for you um next up uh, I have uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair versus Nick Bockwinkle. So I didn't really care that Flair was still under a no-compete clause at this time. He can. Yeah, neither did I. He can work. <laughs> uh, so apparently uh, this did happen one time in January of 1986 in Canada. Oh, wow. So it was some sort of joint show in international waters. No, no, it was just in Canada. So I guess they could cross the, cross the streams. Um Bob Bachmingle always felt like the AWA version of Flair to me. He wasn't quite oh, as yeah, flashy, no. but he had the bleach blonde hair, he was the top champion, he was a technical master, great promo, really had a lot going on for himself. And Bachmangle was a guy who, much like Flair, was still putting on classic matches in their 40s and 50s, which yeah is, uh, of, of age. Uh so so I really like uh just putting these guys together. I think I, I don't know if I remember reading how the match ended in eighty-six. It wouldn't surprise me if it would be a Broadway. I think Probably. because here's the thing. I don't think Nick would want to lose. And I don't think Rick would Rick wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to beat Bachwinkle. Like Nick would be like, I don't want to lose, and Rick would be like, Well, I don't want to beat you. I think is how it would come out at, at the end. Uh, so this is just a techno clinic from these guys. I'm totally fine with this being a 20 minute or a 30 minute time limit match because of how many matches are on the card. It can't be 60. Although if if you had to put one guy over, as I said, I think Nick would want to win and, and Rick would let him. So um, I
0: think it makes sense for this to be a draw. Um, yeah. I think this would be the, this is the match of the night for your card. I think. Um, yeah. This would be the one I think people would go home talking about. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, a dream match. It actually happened, uh, but I think it would have been cool to see these guys in their prime go head-to-head. Absolutely. So you talked about, you know, this not being a gimmick show. Well, Leonard, I'm going to throw a wild one at you right now for my buffer. We've
1: had more games already. So, oh, is it, before you go, is it a ladder match?
0: It is not a ladder match. Oh,
1: okay, okay. okay.
0: So we got to remember... Uh, that this event took place in May Mm -hmm. and Bill Watts left and was fired in February of 93. Mm -hmm. So, before he left, he signed one match for for the May (laughs) pay-per-view. Before he left, he he wanted this match to be a part of it, and here it is. It is Davy Boy Smith with Lord James Blair's versus Ivan Koloff with Baron Von Raschke in a tuxedo flag chain loser leaves town match. (laughs) Because Bill Watts was known for like throwing all the gimmicks up against the wall um, that he could. And Hey, Davey Boy Smith, Ivan Koloff, you got two flags. They're in tuxedos. There's a chain. Mm -hmm. The loser has to leave town. Probably they're both going to leave town, but
1: the best part is that one is British and one is Russia and we're in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> right.
0: And I think that they would eat it up anyway. I I I think that Davy Boy Smith would be over enough that people would get on board.
1: <laughs> they would probably start naming USA for David. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to figure out who to pick like put with Lord James Blair's and I looked him up and I was like, oh yeah, you know, he's a Brit too. That makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, this is my buffer match. So. That's your
1: bumper match. Who's oh, you said both both are going out of town. It's gonna to be yeah. a draw of some sort. Okay, that's I, you know I I think I, David did, David
0: Smith was, wins, but the crowd is just so disgusted with the match. Yeah, that they want Ivan Koloff off to leave
2: as well.
1: So. Yes, I think I think I think that's doing Davey dirty, but. So. <laughs> Because I do them a little bit better. So my next match is for WCW Tag Team Titles. And it is in a steel cage, just like the tag title match was on the regular show. I figured to keep that. And it's the Hollywood Blondes of Steve Austin and Brian Pillman defending against Sting and Davy Boy Smith. So these are two newer guys going – two newer teams, I should say, going at it. Sting and Smith were buddies in Storyline at this point. They were the, your most over baby faces in the company uh this match i think would just have a lot of heat uh especially the fact that it's in a steel cage i think you would have a lot of the blondes trying to escape i think you would have them cheating i think you neither davy or sting bled a lot but i think they bleed here i think i think they both get busted open um you know i pulling so many heels over i wouldn't be against the title change here and the Blondes winning it down the, the road. Right. Uh, and and, and I, I think I'll stick with that. I think I'll let uh, the faces win considering what these dynamics are and then have the Blondes win it back next month. Just have it become kind of a quick title change to pop, yeah. up, pop this, the crowd.
0: This would be a fun match for sure. I like, I like the idea of Davey Boy Smith and Sting, you know, working together. I, I think that that would have made sense. And, uh, I mean, the blondes could work with anybody. So uh, I think this match, you know, writes itself. I think it would be excellent and very entertaining. Um, And that leads to my main event. Yeah. Which is Sting versus Ricky Steamboat for the Unified World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, This, to me, has main event written all over it. Uh, one of Sting's best opponents was Ric Flair, and who else to give Sting a really great match? And Sting was much better at this point uh, than he was when he first faced Flair. So I think that these guys would just put on a clinic, and you have Sting go over. It's, you know, you have maybe you have the legends come out and, you know, clap for him or whatever. Uh, I don't know if they wouldn't put him, you know, on their shoulders. They might collapse, you know, some of those guys. But, uh, right. you know, I, I think that this match would be great and straightforward no gimmick we got all our gimmicks done in the previous match so right
1: right well you you know this is a good idea because i think steamboat at this point would have been right on the legends line yeah and Steam, of course was still the the up-and-comer the the next big thing you know since flair made him in 89th the first clash so this could be a nice torch passing yeah. this could be um you know like you said, the legends come out, they clap, they applaud, they anoint Sting kind of Right. And the future of the business. And uh, uh, that's a great idea. And yeah, even face versus face, I think this is a great match. Because Sting could, as we saw with Flair, be walked through a great match. And later on, of course, he could put on great matches on his own. But a guy like Steamboat could certainly get a quality match out of Sting near what Flair got out of him, I definitely right. think. So yeah, that's a great, that's great booking there. Uh, so my main event, WCW World Heavyweight title on the line, Big Van Vader champion defending against Dusty Rhodes. So I was trying to think of who would be the, a big name to put against Vader. I didn't want Flair. I didn't want Sting. I didn't want someone he had faced. Some of the other legends felt like jumping them up too high. Dusty felt like the right pick here. Um, I think it would have been huge. I think Dusty would have done great promo work. Um, I don't think Rhodes would have bumped much for Vader or taken a lot of Vader's signature moves, but I think Dusty would have went out of his way to put Vader over in other ways. Right. Uh blading is guaranteed. Dusty is definitely cutting himself open. uh he, he would take a hell of a ass whipping, make a hell of a comeback. But in the end, I think lose to to Vader and really put Vader over and really make cement him as champion. So since he's a heel, it's not quite the torch passing you get with Sting. But I think it's definitely Dusty helping to cement Vader as the champion, as the the current top guy in WCW. So I just think I like the idea of, of Dusty, how over he was with the fans, especially in this area, to go against Vader. I think Rhodes would definitely put Vader over and know how to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this, I I wish I would have thought of this one, actually. This would be a great main event. And I think Dusty would have been a great opponent to go against somebody like Vader. Mm -hmm. Because even though they're two big guys who aren't chiseled out of stone, certainly, I think that they would put on a great match because Vader is one of the best big men there is. And Dusty was a great big man. Um, So yeah, I mean, gosh, this is a match that I wish we would have seen at some point you know but uh it's just two different eras but it it would have been great to see here for sure and obviously i think it makes sense for vader
1: to go over yeah well dusty was still working here and there at the time i even worked past this point but if we're talking prime dusty so probably talking like late 70s dusty yeah or he really packed on the pounds yeah um you know that that's a good matchup
0: yeah see i i tried to use the assassin somehow i couldn't do that like there are a bunch of people that I couldn't use because there's just so much talent
1: here. Yeah. I I really wanted to use Bobby Eaton as I said because I love Bobby yeah. Eaton. I really wanted to use Larry Zabisco. Larry, I thought it was great on commentary here. Yeah, I thought it was. he was really good on commentary. Because Ventura uh, was out, you know, he was you know injured or something. Yeah, they said he was. They said he was sick, and I don't remember yeah. if that was actually true or he didn't show. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dick Murdoch, I didn't use. Don Morocco, I didn't use. You didn't use Jim uh, Brunzell, Leonard. He should have been. Jim Brunzell, who was in a tag team with Greg Gagne, so so you could have had the the Brunzell Gagne team together. I didn't use Thunderbolt as I said. I thought about using him against. His. Here's another substitute we didn't talk about: Brad Armstrong, right? Teamed with Thunderbolt because his dad was unavailable, right? They're going to use the Kolov, Ivan Kolov. I almost said say They were both both weren't there. Um, I didn't use Sasaki because I'm just not familiar with japanese people right Or japanese wrestlers a lot that happens i feel bad because in a lot of these um like fantasy drafts i do because uh, we just finished up one where we were you know where you vote for the cards you like mm-hmm. and it was, this one guy had oh it was i can't remember who it was the midnight express against two japanese guys and i believe it was brian pellman against two japanese guys because he was doing kind yeah. of a circa early 90s type of wcw fed and i was like like i want to like these matches but i don't know these guys well enough to like these matches right uh which i always take as a big shame so sazaki i didn't use uh and believe it or not neither one of us used the prisoner yeah so uh, before we actually came on to
0: record i was like looking up some of his awa stuff because apparently he fought for the AWA world championship once in his career. So I don't know who that was against, but there are some AWA matches of Kevin Kelly, Kevin Walkholz on YouTube, but uh, yeah, he was Mr. Magnificent. Sherry Martell, I believe was his manager at one point.
1: Yeah. He had like long blonde hair and was like just a chiseled physique. And then of course, when he shows up as nails, it's hard to tell in that get up, but he didn't look, like if you would put the the picture of those two guys together, maybe you can do that here. They don't even look the same guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: it's uh, but yeah, we didn't use him uh, unfortunately. So let us know what you think of our rebook of Slambery nineteen ninety three. Maybe you think it doesn't need to be rebooked at all. Um, obviously, Leonard and I would both have fixed the production issues, right, Leonard?
1: De- definitely so. And and I would have used, um, uh, Missy Hyatt more absolutely, absolutely. I, I put a pause there because i'm just using missy hyatt no um but that's one thing i forgot to mention too is that they got her doing promos with the old guys and yeah. most of the promos are just them saying hi to their grandkids and tell missy to shut up <laughs> yeah so that's a problem so that's one thing i would probably fix i would have less promos for the old guys or just given time to the guys working to hype their match
0: yeah i agree um But yes, let us know what you think of our cards. Please comment. And uh, like I said, check out our stupid questions videos. I'm sure we'll be bringing you more of those. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can click the like button on our YouTube video and subscribe to our channels.
2: And for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week. And Alexa, will see you out.